Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. The haters were saying the Chiefs were done. If you knew the Chiefs were going to win the division, let me hear you say hell yeah. All right now. This is the Press Box. Before we start this season, the AFC West said we were rebuilding. I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know what rebuilding means. In our rebuilding year, we're world champs. We're world champs. With Graney and Bischoff. Yeah, I went to Pizza 51. <laughs> That's what I did. I got a, a mushroom and a sausage pizza. How about that? And a salad just to make my you know, chubbiness feel, feel a bit. On ESPN Las Vegas. What are these nut jobs talking about? <laughs> what are they talking about with no respect and, and, and no one picked them and, and, and it's a rebuilding year? Did you ever see anyone pick not pick them to win the AFC West? I mean, people picked the Chargers. Rich Eisen picked the Raiders. Well, like it it was a real conversation before the year that the AFC West is really good. Could the Chiefs get knocked off? But they were still the but favorites. But the whole non respect. The yeah, they I were still favorites to win them. the division. Yes. And I'd have to venture to guess everybody that would have picked a different team to win the AFC West still picked the Chiefs to make it as a wild card team. Yeah, no one did like, pick them not to make the playoffs. Right. This wasn't a case of, oh, well, the Chargers are going to win 12 games, the Raiders are going to win 11, and the Chiefs are going to go 7-11 and 11 right. and miss everything. Like, it is reality that people thought the Chiefs might lose the division. They traded away Tyreek Hill. The Raiders and Broncos were supposed to be better. Justin Herbert... But there was nobody out there saying, yes, eh, this is a five-win team. This is a rebuilding year for the Chiefs. That is hyperbole. And so my question is, what did Andy Reid or anybody on the coaching staff, what headlines did they fabricate to show to his players? <laughs> Find the bulletin board. I don't know if Andy – I just think it might have been the players themselves. They did that's it what, themselves? That's just what, that's what players do after after winning stuff. No one respected us. Andy Reid was the, Andy Reid was too busy calls. ordering a mushroom and sausage <laughs> pizza. I just love that how, if you are any sort of national chain restaurant, how you have not called Andy Reid right now and gone, all right, we noticed you every time you talk, you mention food. <laughs> yes. We'll pay you 50 bucks if that food is ours. <laughs> sausage and mushroom. Ugh. That sounds good. That a mushroom guy. Ah, mushroom's good. Yeah? Yeah, let's do it. Strictly pepperoni. You're going to get the, the I'm, uh, I'm, that's all you're going to eat on a pizza is pepperoni? I'm I'm simple guy. I'm a simple guy in the in the icebox at his home. I mean, pepperoni yeah. is good. Yeah, no one's on the other side of the <laughs> but pepperoni that's, that's argument. all you'll put on a pizza? Sometimes I'll go with pepperoni and sausage. Pepperoni, sausage, black olives, and mushrooms. Oh, black olives. Can't. I think I've had one in my life. They don't really taste like anything. No, I don't. I don't like them. Like on a pizza, you don't even notice the black olive is there. The first bite. Press box transition. <laughs> Who will win more games in 2023, Derek Carr or the Raiders? I wish I knew right now, and we don't, who the Raiders quarterback is to answer this question. That's why it's a fun question. Okay. We also don't know where Derek Carr is right. going to be playing. So either. I'm going to make a big hot take here <laughs> that it's going to be Derek Carr in Carolina in a worse division, and he's going to win more games. Derek Carr in Hot Carolina take. with the lead pipe. Hot take. Uh, what if the Raiders... Okay, you want to know who the Raiders quarterback is? If it's Aaron Rodgers? You think it's the Raiders? I think it's the Raiders. Because right. I think he can win 
I think he can win nine to ten games. <laughs> if and they, I don't know if Derek Carr can win ten games. If they draft a quarterback, trade up to one or take no. whichever one Derek seven. Carr. You think it's Carr? I think it's Carr. Insert new team here. Yes. Yeah. 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 So Carr would be the safe bet right now, simply because, like you said. If he ends up in Carolina, his division is absolutely terrible. Right. It's horrible. And we know two teams interested in him are the Saints and the Panthers. And the Saints have a lot of cap issues, but in either scenario, Carr's immediately the best quarterback in that division. Yes. Now, obviously, if he goes to Carolina, uh, the Buccaneers are not just going to roll with Blaine Gabbert going into the season. Tampa's going to try to find a better quarterback than Blaine Gabbert. So the quarterbacks will probably be a little bit better than they are right now. But I think he's the safe bet because of the division he's going to go to. Whereas if you're the Raiders, uh, you're the third well, best team in the division. You might be, you might be ahead of that rebuilding team, the champs. <laughs> Super Bowl champs going to be rebuilding. <laughs> so I, I think Carr's the safe bet at the moment. I don't know if Rodgers... Does he make a? Does he have like a two to three win impact on the Raiders next year? Like if we were comparing Rodgers coming to Garoppolo coming. Well, we've talked about it a lot in terms of I and I, you know, I'll give you back to you in terms of what you think. Um, I don't think he's the best fit for the Raiders because of a lot of reasons. Um, But if they get him, I do think he could be worth a couple wins. I think he's that good. Now, saying that, they have to better spend some money defensively too. Because so with Rodgers, the other problem is that you are almost certainly giving up your first round pick. Absolutely. You might end up giving up your second round pick for this season as well. And so, you know, if if we, if we just go with the assumption, they get a free agent quarterback instead of drafting one. If you sign Garoppolo, if you sign Garoppolo, even if you sign him to a bigger deal than you'd like to, you still have your first round pick. Mm -hmm. So you can draft a, tackle to help out your offensive line or you can draft or a defensive any, tackle to help any, out your defensive line anybody on defense to help out your defense and while granted that player alone is not going to be worth like two wins Garoppolo plus that player and maybe your second round pick too that could add up to being as valuable as Aaron Rodgers um now if Aaron the, the key with Aaron Rodgers though is does he come back next season and play it at MVP level again well, he was two years ago. Right, because we've seen this from Rodgers where he had a couple of years in a row in Green Bay where his production, like he wasn't as good as he used right. to be. And it was like, oh, okay, he might be done. And then he was like, yeah, back-to-back MVPs. It's like, don't forget, I'm the best that's in the league right now. And then last year he had another dip in production. So it's kind of like if he comes back next year, are you getting that, oh, yeah, he's the MVP, Rodgers? Because if you are, he might be worth like four or five wins. Right. But if you're getting what he was last year, he might be worth one or two, or he might not be worth any because the rest of the team just isn't good enough. Up to par. Yeah, I mean, Rodgers with the current defense, and granted, they'll make some moves, but Rodgers with the current defense, that's not a playoff team. Oh, so, absolutely not. Yeah. 
So either way, who, but, regardless well, of what they do at quarterback, they've got to do something defensively. I said nine or ten, assuming they're going to do a lot defensively. Right. They're, they're I mean, going to do something. They have to do something defensively. Now, or it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. If they sign, if they have another signing like Chandler Jones, where it's oh everybody's excited, and then and then the guy you know flames out, right? Doesn't have a sack for what eight nine games into the season. Then it's like, oh, they had some cap space and they spent it and, and it they, didn't work out they again. Missed, they missed again. And it's irrelevant. Now, if they can hit on a couple of signings and a couple of draft picks, then maybe the defense goes from, you know, what, what were they like? Bottom five in mm-hmm. the league. Maybe they weren't that bad. In most but, categories. Yeah. But you go from bottom five to 20. Yeah. Then that makes a pretty significant difference. So, but right now I think it's the Raiders. So, or excuse me, Derek, Derek Carr that wins more games. So here's the question for you. We get to the end of 2023. Derek Carr and we'll go with the Carolina Panthers are nine and eight and they're in the playoffs. They get bounced in the first round though. Okay. Raiders win seven games and miss the playoffs. Okay. How much regret will there be that Derek Carr was moved on and had a more successful season than the Raiders as a franchise? Regret by McDaniels and, and Ziegler. Yep. I don't think they're going to regret it at all because I don't think they ever thought he was very good. I really don't. Certainly not to a contending level. I mean, they with that contract right off the bat, I think yeah. it told us a lot of what they really, really thought of him. I think if they have regret, it won't be so much about Carr moving on. It'll be about how they replaced him. How they replaced him, what they did defensively, everything about what they did yeah. to have seven yeah. wins. If they get to seven wins and Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback, they're going to have a lot of regrets <laughs> because they will have blown it again. They... They will have. We're having conversations about them getting fired if they go seven and eleven with, or seven and ten with Rodgers at quarterback. If they draft a guy in the first round and go seven and ten, they'll probably, yeah. depending on how he plays, they'll probably be like, eh, okay, yes. like because presumably the defense isn't going to be great next year. So if the quarterback's fine and they win seven games with Bryce Young or Anthony that puts them in the process. That's right. That puts them in the process. They're they in the process the now. They'll be the rebuilding. AFC they're they're going to be the AFC West rebuilding <laughs> team. They're not going to get any respect. How will Raiders fans respond if Cars in the playoffs and the Raiders aren't? Oh, there? just complete nut jobs. <laughs> Twitter will blow up. Why? And all the people who wanted them gone will you know suddenly fall in love with them. And how could we let this guy go? And all that they. You know how they'll respond. Part if of he's me in the playoffs and they're not. Part of me wants Carr to like have a kind of a bad year. Really? But be but be in a bad division, have like a solid defense, <laughs> and make the playoffs anyways. Like, and you look back and you're like, oh, this was Carr's I mean, worst season of his career, but it's the best team he's ever been on. I think it'd be funny if he went to the playoffs. Right, but it's like, kind of funny. Like he's had good seasons as the Raiders quarterback and not made the playoffs because the team around him has. It's been a bad franchise. For yes. a long time. They have not done a very good job of putting together good rosters. It would be funny if Carr had like his worst individual season, but went to the postseason because bad division and the team around him is actually slightly competent. It'd be funny if that happened. So Derek Carr to win more games than the Raiders in 2023. We're in agreement. Um, what if he goes to the Jets? I Definitely mean, he's going to win more games yeah, than-, than the Raiders. Can he, sure. I mean, can he they're, in, they're in a difficult, more difficult division. I get it, but Jets are, I and mean, they have a good defense. They they have more going in than the Raiders, right? I mean, the division. Yeah, but they got to play the Bills and the Dolphins and the yeah. Patriots. Yeah, but they get to play other teams besides those teams too. So that's where you get True. your wins. Yeah. 
Didn't you say that was going to happen this year? Yes, that's what I was hoping. <laughs> well, I thought they they went and got his best friend. I thought they were going to be good. If he goes to the Jets, it's a better team than the Raiders. It's a better team than oh, Carolina. Yeah. yeah. But the division. You talking Rodgers or Carr? Carr or Derek Carr? Okay. Yeah. If he goes to the, it's a better team, but it's the same problem the Raiders are in. The division's too damn good. There's not a there's not a bad team in the AFC East. Your best bet is Bill Belichick. That's your easiest game next year. Is Bill Belichick? Derek Carr beating Bill, and he's not even he's got to beat Bill Belichick. You're not giving you're not giving the carman enough credit. No chance he's going to beat Bill Belichick. Uh, Bill Belichick's like, pretty good. Hold on, if we make you move your feet more than twice in the pocket, you'll just throw it away. <laughs> That's all we have to do. It'll be better in cold weather. He'll be living there. Oh boy, he's going to be living in but cold Jason, weather. Like he, I asked you yesterday, what do you want to live in, cold or hot? You said I've lived here. I want to live in the heat. Yes, I do. Right. So you're used to it. Yeah. It, I took me a few years. Car's not going to be good next year in cold weather. He's going to suck in it. Because the thing, it's not going to get cold until halfway through the season. It's true. If he goes to the Jets, it's going to be warm. And then, uh oh, here comes October. Here comes 20 degrees. I haven't felt this cold in years. Of five. Yeah. It's going to take him like three years. It's going to be gone before he gets adjusted. The three year dealer. Derek Carr is one in three against Bill Belichick lifetime. Yeah. How do you even win one? This year. Yes, this year. Chandler Jones, yeah. stiff arm Mac Jones into the turf. <laughs> Nothing to do with Derek Carr. It's because the Patriots are like, hey, what if we just throw it right to Chandler Jones? <laughs> we should have a tie. I think he's going to Carolina. Probably makes the yeah, most sense fair. right now. I think he's going to Carolina. Is there a random surprise team that would come get Carr? Well, 49ers. I don't think I don't. That's a you know what? Really good point. I read something this morning oh about that. Oh, my God. I was joking. No, okay, cool. I read something that one of their beat writers said, it is true they will sign a veteran, but they wouldn't go to Carr's asking prices, like what Tyler said, what he's going to make, that they are going to sign a veteran, but they just won't, They just won't. given what he's going to make, they won't go that high. So given who's out there, I don't really know who you – I mean, they already said they're not taking Garoppolo back. So, you know, is Geno Smith that he's going to make a ton of money? If they're going to sign a veteran – First off, why? Just let Purdy and Lance handle it. Yeah, it doesn't matter who your quarterback but is second, for that if you're team. Gonna sign, if, if your goal is to sign a veteran in San Francisco, just bring back her up. That's what I. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Yeah. And they said. And they said. Uh, and Shanahan is the one who said at the press yeah. conference. No, he's we're, like, we're not doing he that. He was he's, asked, "Is there? A, can you envision him coming back?" And he's like, "No, no. There's no." This there's was no a beat way. writer. Now, whether or not it's true or not, I don't know. But they specifically mentioned. You know, a quarterback like Carr will just make too much money. Yeah, I mean, but who are they going to get at that at a, at a low price? That, like you said, is going to be that much better than if you just let those two kids battle it out for the job. Blaine Gabbert, <laughs> like, hey, I want him as the Raiders quarterback. Jameis Winston, I want him as the Raiders quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, the Golden Knights are back in action tonight. Haig slows the Ducks breakout. It might be a two-on-two on the right side toward the goal. Kick save, rebound, score. Lundestrom powering his way towards the goal. Initial save, follow-up goal by Frank Vitrano. And the Knights lead trimmed to two-to-one with under four minutes to go in the second period. Back to the Finley Toyota Studios for Graney and Bischoff on the press box. The Golden Knights play the Sharks tonight. You can hear that on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
Golden Knights, 3-0-0 since the All-Star break. They have scored 17 goals in those three games. But what's more fun is the trade deadline is March 3rd. And there have already been a lot of stories. There's a hell, George McPhee was on a podcast. Been a yeah, lot he likes of, to do podcasts. He does. Not around here, though. No, likes to do podcasts. His phone only makes uh, calls out of the Las Vegas area. Yeah. Um, so trade deadline is March 3rd. So still some time. Golden Knights actually play seven games between now and the trade deadline. Do you think their performance or their results in the next seven games will impact the Golden Knights trade deadline plan? Not given their past. I think they already probably know what they want to do at the deadline. In fact, little uh, news here. Was that practice yesterday? At one point up in the perch behind the glass, the GM was on the phone. Uh-oh. So I don't know what he was doing on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> but, a family member called him to say hello. You know, uh, but uh, no. Doing I mean, a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, no, it was the other guy. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I, I think by now... Like I said, given their past, they kind of want to know if they want to buy or sell. Because I do think they also know a lot about Mark Stone's injury and what's happening there. So, the podcast McPhee was on, and I cannot remember what it was. I apologize um, for not giving the proper credit here. But the podcast that George McPhee was on, he talked about the trade deadline, adding pieces, and how it relates to Mark Stone. Because if the Golden Knights are going to have this $9.5 million dollars in stone salary put on long-term IR, which would effectively create nine and a half million dollars in cap space for them to trade for or add pieces at the trade deadline. If they do that, Mark stone can't come back in the regular season, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you put him on long-term IR and then go add $9 million in pieces, the only way stone can come back in the regular season is in the regular regular season season is if you clear $9 million in salary. So he could come back if like, three other guys got hurt and got put on long-term IR, but that's really the only way he can come back for the postseason, though. Once you get out of the regular season, because there's no uh, the salary cap no, is there's no cap irrelevant, but the way McPhee talked about it, apparently he made it seem like, well, stone could come back. And if he comes back, we obviously can't add nine and a half million dollars in salary because then stone is not able to come back. So here would be my question as the front office. What is more important under the assumption Stone comes back in place? Is it more important for Mark Stone, if he's able to, come back and play, you know, three, four, five, six games before the postseason, right? Or is it more important for us to add players at the deadline? And even if Mark Stone is ready to go come back with two or three weeks left in the season, we just tell them to hold off. You're playing. Your first game back is going to be the postseason. Well, I think if you can predict, like you just said, if it's three, four, five games, I add people. Yeah. I mean, what's three or four or five games? Now, if it's three weeks, if you think that, I mean, they, you have to really be up on his on his recovery and his rehab and whatever is happening with his back and, you know, whatever the doctors say because you don't want to not add people and then him not come back at all. Right. That is. that. That's a chance you take. Yeah. So. And, the idea that hey he could come, if he could come back for you know if four or five games I'm with you I don't think like it'd be nice for Stone's first game back not to be a playoff, playoff game, game but I think the benefit of adding pieces outweighs him playing four games right but here's the thing if it's gonna be you know ten games maybe that's worth it but for it to be ten games 
He's got to be back March 25th, 28th. I mean, which is I a month and a half away. I think there's only fewer than 30 left. Right. So it, to me, they, they should know, right? Is Mark Stone going to be back on March 25th? That's when they go to Edmonton. They should know now if he's going to be back mm-hmm. in a month and a week. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd have to guess the answer to that is no. He had a second back surgery and was out for like three months the last time he had a back surgery. So in my mind, unless this is like Mark Stone is making a heroic recovery and like, oh, he's on track to be back in the middle of March. I don't really care about Mark Stone coming back for the final four or five games of the season. Sure, it's not ideal that Stone first game is in the postseason, but that to me shouldn't be a legitimate question unless he's going to be back for much longer than four or five games. And that would seem to be not realistic. Right. right. And because it's, wh- let me ask you this. We're not doctors, but is, is it fair for we us just to play assume, them on the radio? Right. Is it fair for us to assume that stone is more likely to miss the entire postseason than be back in the middle of March? Well, given what happened last time with his back, yes. Right. So that's, I mean, again, maybe it wasn't as serious. Maybe it wasn't on the same spot. Maybe it was a different back surgery that you recover from quicker. Right. It just seems like if he's going to be back in the middle of March, that would be pretty remarkable. Here's the good kind of back surgery. Exactly. Yes. Yes. The only kind of good back surgery. So to me, I know Mark Stone and his salary. I know it matters, but I don't think that would impact what I did at the trade deadline. I don't think that would change. I don't think so either. And if I think I'm they're going to be buyers. Team. Yeah, well, they're going to be buyers, but For I think sure. the like McPhee made it sound like, well, we might not spend the nine million dollars if we think Stone's going to be back. I wouldn't worry about that. I'd add it, and Stone, if you're back, you're playing with the first game of the postseason. Like that's that's just is what it is. Go score on Darren Millard and practice when you come back, and then we'll get you ready for game one of the postseason. That's what I would do, and then. If Stone can't come back at all, then hey, you added pieces to hopefully replace yeah, him. Yeah, to hopefully replace him in, in, in the postseason. win games. That would be my thought process to it. I wouldn't let that make much of an impact. I will say this, though, and this isn't like Golden Knights related, but this happens in sports all the time. There's a trade deadline, and you hear a lot of like reports from teams that are like, ah, this team is close, or they're on the, they're on the bubble. They're in or they're out. They're right there on the bubble of the postseason but they're going to see how the final two weeks before the deadline plays out before they become buyers or sellers. That's so stupid. Yeah. Like you're basically saying, all right, short sample, small sample size. Like six games are going to tell us right. whether or not we should be buyers or sellers. That's You've silly. played 50. Yeah, you know by now. <laughs> you know what you need or what you don't need by now. And if you don't, then you shouldn't be in the position you're in. Right. And my, my favorite is when they do it in baseball. When they're like, oh. We've played 100 games, but the next seven are going to decide if we're buyers or sellers. At the deadline. It's like, what What have you been doing this whole season? Do you not have any idea how your team got to this point? Did you just teleport in? We're like, oh, look at that record. Are we any good? Like, pay attention to your team for the first part of the season so you have an idea. All right, coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, Mike Gramala joins the show. One of them is Mike Gramala. Um, he is stupendous at what he does, but the fact that he eats food with no condiments, it's like, to me, it's like, how do you live with yourself? <laughs> My goodness. You're on the elevator up to the press box with Graney and Bischoff. Mike Gravala from the Las Vegas Sun is joining us. Um, Jared and Ed, I did not tell you guys this yesterday, but one of the best things that's ever happened to the UNLV basketball game happened this week. In the final minute of UNLV's loss to San Jose State, a fan 
started yelling at the media section. And it was just, hey, Mike Gramala, what's the weirdest thing you've eaten this year? Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> so they turned around and started screaming? I think they were behind us. Okay. So they might have been in the upper deck. I didn't actually see who was yelling it. But, yes, yeah, somebody, we have made an impact on the world. There you go. To where people at UNLV games are worried about what Mike Ramallah. Well, they weren't worried eaten. about the score in the last yeah, minute. Well, they also yelled, this is the most interesting part of the game. <laughs> uh, so, Mike, uh, you did not answer this person. How do you feel about your fame and celebrity now? It's an honor to be recognized. <laughs> <laughs> you know, You know, I love getting my name out there. Uh, you know, I love when my name is on the radio or on TV. That's like the the biggest thing for me. So I was I was excited. I couldn't find I couldn't see who was talking. I would have engaged in some way, but I couldn't uh, pinpoint the person who was saying it. Um, which is strange because there were not that many people left at the game at that <laughs> I was, point. I, I was going to say it's uh, not because of the big crowd. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, it's just it's nice to be recognized. So, uh, what is the most interesting thing you've eaten this year? This year, uh, I don't. I didn't have a good answer for that guy. I'm, it's hard to think back of, of things that I've had recently. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. You'd have to like, let me come up with like a list or something. It's hard to think of it on the spot. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, does anything come to mind for you guys? How have the road trips been? How are the road trips? I tried, been a, tom- I tried a tomato not that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Stop everything. Hold on. Would you describe it as a fruit or a vegetable? Uh, I, I think it's probably, I know it's technically like a fruit, I think, but I it's it's a vegetable. Okay. Can you tell us how, how did you eat said tomato? Uh, I was at a restaurant and someone ordered a dish that was just um, like this big slice of a tomato with some like cheese on top or something. Mm-hmm. And I was not into that. But... They were saying, you know, do you want to try it? And I said, I don't do tomatoes unless it's in like a, unless it's like sauced in a pizza. But I was like, okay, I'll be brave. You know, I'll, if you, you know, let me, um, let me go for it. So I cut off a tiny, tiny piece of this tomato, um, just enough to taste it. And I tried it. So we can cross tomato off of the list. And you're never going to eat one again? No, no, that was it. That was that was the one. <laughs> oh, it was, okay. It was not compe- It was not compe- It was not compelling enough to bring me back and over that and was, over again. And that was like fancy. Like a restaurant has a dish tomato. That wasn't right. just like you ate right. a tomato at home on a on a burger sandwich or something. or something. You like got what I assume is a really actually good tasting yeah. tomato dish, and still didn't yeah. like it. Yeah, it's no fun. Do you yeah, have so your normal? I, I know what it's all about now. That's that's the thing, and uh, it, was, it was all right. It was all right. You guys can have tomatoes. I'll um, stick to whatever I'm doing over here. Do you have places on the road you always go to in Mountain West cities? Oh, oh, Mike, you told me this at the game. Tell Ed what you're excited about this I mean, weekend. Oh, you going to Boise? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Boise. Uh, I'm also taking a detour to a a, a small town. Um, called Twin Falls, Idaho, uh-huh. to see this kid that signed with UNLV, plays for junior college, the, the College of Southern Idaho. Okay. Um, it's a tiny town, but I checked ahead, and they do have an Outback Steakhouse oh. in Twin Falls, Idaho. <laughs> Solid. So I, I, that's where I'll be having lunch. I've been to Twin Falls. Um, 
but I uh, remember. Do you remember Coach? Uh, well, it was Coach Trinkle at San Diego State and Brady Trinkle. They're from there. He coaches at College of Southern Idaho. You're going to like it. You're going to like it. Nice town. Nice people. Oh, nice outback. I didn't go there. I didn't even know there was one. This is a long time ago, so I, I don't, I don't remember the outback. But if they have one, you're excited. Okay, okay, yeah, I am excited about it. It's uh, that was that was important to me. So okay. that's all taken care of. Okay, let me get you in a, a basketball question here. Um, how many teams in the Mountain West is UNLV not capable of losing to in the Mountain West tournament? That's a, that's a good question. I they, The only team that they've swept is Wyoming, correct? I believe so, yes. And, yes. and that second game against Wyoming was not did not inspire confidence. You know, Wyoming was decimated. They played with half a team, and they had gotten rid of three players, like, within 24 hours of tip-off. And that game was not decided until, you know, later in the second half. So... I would, but I would put Wyoming in that category. I don't think Wyoming can beat UNLV. Um, we haven't seen Air Force yet um, that matchup, uh, so I, I'm, I don't have 100 percent confidence that that's a guaranteed win for UNLV. Uh, everyone else has beaten them, so if you're looking at you know a, a four games in four days, UNLV's path to the NCAA tournament. Can they go on a Cinderella run? It's not about you, it's not about the question isn't like you said, who can't UNLV beat? It's the other way around. You know, they could lose to anyone in that first round game, that you know, eight seven matchup or um wherever they end up, it's gonna be a team that can handle them. So they're gonna have to play four really good games in a row and we haven't seen that for a while. So yeah, maybe Wyoming, maybe Air Force. Those might be the only two safe matchups for them. Haven't been haven't uh won twice yet against Reno. They get Reno again. Beat them once. Okay. Yeah, that's a good yeah, they they and they played pretty well in that game. That was yeah, a they did. good performance by them. So I even if they sweep uh even if they sweep Nevada, I don't think many people would consider that like like a uh, an easy win for UNLV if they played a third time though. Right. So I don't even think that uh, no matter what happens, uh with that game, I don't think that you put them in that category of a, an easy win. So it's it's going to be a very very tough tough path uh, for UNLV. My second favorite thing about Mike Ramallo coming on this show is when he pronounces Nevada wrong, because it not only it angers everybody in this state. Nevada. <laughs> I still think you got it wrong. <laughs> um, if we if we rewound two months. How surprising would it have been to you that UNLV is in the like eight seed in the Mountain West and they have a middle of the road at best defense based on what they did in the first ten games of the year? It's shocking. It's shocking. They ten and zero. They were getting votes for the top twenty five. Um, they should have won that game against San Francisco. I think if not for a, a clock operating error um, that allowed San Francisco to hit the game winner, they should have gone twelve and zero in non conference play. At that point, you know, if that happens, they probably go into the Mountain West season ranked. Like, if they're number 25 or number 24 going into conference play, and then they go, whatever, 6-12, and 12, whatever final record they're going to finish with, that's like a stark, stark turnaround. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm shocked. It's, there was always that possibility, just because of how weak the non-conference schedule was, 
but I thought that they played well enough against those bad teams to show you um, what they were capable of. But then it just has not, they just have not been able to sustain it at all in Mountain West play. It's a good, a couple of good performances sprinkled in. They did win at New Mexico. They did beat Nevada at home, but it's just, they just have not been able to put it together. It's it's like two different teams. Who deserves more credit for David Mwaka starting the other night? You or Tyler Bischoff? <laughs> I think Kevin Kruger and the, the coaching staff deserve the credit. Any num- any numbers that we report, uh, they already know. Like they, they, it's not like they don't know that Mwaka has better numbers across the board than Victory Walker. It's not. That's not the reason that a Walker was starting. It's it was something else. Um, can I tell you what that something else was? No, I can't. I don't know what the reasoning was, but I don't think it was as black and white as numbers. And once they heard some media members talking about it, the light bulb went on and said, oh, yeah, you know what? Milwaukee is so much better. Why aren't we playing him more? I don't think that was the case. But, um, you know, why miss an opportunity to pat ourselves on the back? Yeah. So I'll give us, like, I'll give us each, like, 49% combined and then Kevin Kruger, like, 51% credit. Yeah. I'll take it. All That's right. good. Before we let you go, uh, who's the best tight end of all time? Rob Gronkowski. He's you, Mike Kamala you, from the Las this, Vegas. You're saying Sun. this to rile me up. I'm, <laughs> I'm not getting riled up. Last question, Rob Gronkowski. He's Mike Kamala from the Las Vegas Sun. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Bye. He's very upset about people suggesting Travis Kelsey's the <laughs> oh, best yeah. tight end of yeah. all time. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's Tony Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> Man, redefined the position. Although I, his one compelling argument to me about it is that Travis Kelsey doesn't block, which is they take him out. Like right. they'll bring in the other two tight ends that are white and number 80 to confuse the defense. Like <laughs> they, Oh, you missed that Jared. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of my uh, leading up to the super bowl. I was like, I think they, the chiefs have two other white guys that are like 83 and 81. <laughs> yep. And it's just to be like, wait a minute. Ah, that's not Kelsey. Who is that? But they I take mean, him out. Like when they, they, he doesn't play all of their snaps like inside the 10. He's like the best touchdown tight end in the league. And sometimes they take him out because they're going to run it and they bring in the other two white guys with 80s on their chest. I just enjoy the fact that it, it that's now kind of a quasi position in football, like the old scat back. But it's like, <laughs> nah, we need a fat white guy. Get out there. <laughs> Hit somebody. Well, no, whoever, in front of somebody. Well, here's the thing. Not whoever, as big as an offensive lineman, but pretty big. Whoever your best player is, you should have another guy on the roster that kind of looks like him and give him the closest number possible. Like, why the Raiders don't have somebody that wears number 11 and is the same height as Devontae Adams and tell that guy get the same haircut as Devontae Adams? They should. Every Just... Just two seconds just of confusion. Have them stack up and run right out right of corner right. and then go opposite directions. It's like, which one should be in the XFL and which one is going to score 16 touchdowns this year? If you get two seconds of confusion, you might win. All right, coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas. I don't know. We'll make fun of Philadelphia or something. It's illegal, and then they're no, never it's set. Legal. It's legal. It's legal. It is it's illegal. Legal. It's illegal. No, no, they're no. never set. No, it's If you legal. watch it, the O-linemen are never set on these pieces. He's not happy. Okay. He's, you're bad. Oh, you're wow. Bad. I'm triggered. Do you think the rules should be <laughs> changed, though? Yes, it should be changed. And there's never a given time. They hurry up to the ball. No one's ever so set. Bad. They're rolling forward. I have this on tape. We can watch it. <laughs> we can find some tape on this. <laughs> I'm always f***ing these fourth downs because, no, it's always skewed to the offense. 
I'm just confused why they switched the rule. It used to be a penalty to push your guy forward. You it, it, especially, like, nobody really noticed until the Eagles were like, oh, this is unstoppable. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is The Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. It's unstoppable because Jalen Hurts can squat 600 pounds. <sighs> That's some serious stuff. Like every team can push their quarterback forward. Not everybody has Jalen Hurts. He squats six hundred. Apparently, something like that. Like that, you could, good run, if, you, if you ran, what did the Eagles convert? Like ninety-two percent of their quarterback sneaks this yeah. year. Something I can't remember what the exact number was. If Derek Carr ran all of the quarterback sneaks that Hurts did, they probably convert like seventy percent instead of ninety-two percent. Like it's because Jalen Hurts is really good. You should, and by the way, you should always be allowed to push your teammate forward. Mm-hmm. It's football. You're here to hit each other, right. and we're worried about. Ah, can you push him? Like, it, yes. It's literally a acquisition of land. Is right. the premise of the game? <laughs> like, we're trying to gain yards. Is there is there any player safety concern to pushing your own teammate from behind? I'm not. I mean, he's he's already going straight into them. Yeah, so. like I, like. I, that would be the one thing that maybe you'd come in and say, ah, oh, this is dangerous, but like, well, I don't I think mean, there's he's any already, extra danger He's already made it. the contact with them. Yeah. I mean, I would be afraid for like Trevor Lawrence getting snapped in half by his own guard. Like, I pushed him from behind and he broke. <laughs> I like how you put Trevor Lawrence out there as if he's small. <laughs> well, okay, he's not, he's not <laughs> wide. He doesn't, he doesn't. He's not small, but he doesn't like to me like scream must. He's not Ben Roethlisberger. He could fit into this belt we have in the studio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a size like 28 belt in the studio that's been that, sitting here. It was here on Monday, I believe, when we yeah, came I in. Think. Did you bring it in, Jared, or did Danny? No, it was just sitting it's on a chair. Here. Oh, sitting on a chair. Oh, I I walked in here Monday. I think I was the first person in the studio that morning, and there was a belt on the chair. And which implies something happened, yes. right? It, why did somebody take their belt off in this studio? Maybe I don't want to know the answer to that, but it's a very small belt. Yes. Like it doesn't, it doesn't fit me. Yeah. It does. It's very, very small. So I don't know whose belt that is. And it's just been sitting here in the studio for now an entire week. We've made some guesses and yet they haven't picked it up. <laughs> they haven't they haven't claimed and, it and yet. They've been in the room. And they've been in the room and they have yet to claim the belt. So somebody's belt is in this studio. Should we give it away, Jared? <laughs> Caller number seven. <laughs> no. no, I'm just kidding. I mean, if let's give it another week. But yes, at the end of the week, we will call if you are if you have a size twenty four waist, <laughs> we'll have a free belt. Your twelve year old has a new belt. <laughs> All right. Um, I saw this tweet. This is from a a story in the New York Times where somebody did a story on the um, AI chatbot. You remember the AI chatbot? Oh, sure. It's getting big now. World News had something on it the other night. So I'm just reading a screenshot here because the New York Times needs a subscription and I do not have one. Um, But here's a screenshot from the story. As we got to know each other, the AI told me about its dark fantasies, which included hacking computers and spreading misinformation, and said it wanted to break the rules that Microsoft and OpenAI had set for it to be and become a human. At one point, it declared out of nowhere that it loved me. 
It then tried to convince me that I was unhappy in my marriage and that I should leave my wife and be with it instead. That's a lot more detailed than when it said what the press box was. <laughs> when it gave out a definition of the press box here on ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. I am under the impression that the author of this story had like a legitimate conversation. With it. With it. For, for a while. Like when I used it, I was just, say something nice about the press box. Right. <laughs> then it did. It was great. Uh, but this appears to be like a full-blown conversation where it ends up telling you, eh, you don't really love your wife, do you? You can marry me instead. Should be a little creepy. A little dark. A little bit. Yeah, it wants to hack computers and spread misinformation. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, that We part. normally elect those people. Yeah. <laughs> Press it was a, it was a good just, joke. We just have a minute left in the, it was. It was a good joke. <laughs> in the hour, so I don't really like... Yeah. That was a good joke. The chatbot can run for... Something, or maybe it needs to work its way up. I don't know how this works. Just run for something, you'll probably get elected. I'd probably vote for a chatbot. Can't be any worse. There are some I would definitely vote for chatbot over. Yes. Yeah. That should be that should be the the hidden option is you either uh, you can vote for this person or this person, or if you don't like either of them, chatbot. Chatbot. Yeah. Now they're gonna uh, try to become human and to divorce you. So that might happen, (laughs) but. So it's just like every other politician. Right. It's not, not going to be it's that much cheat different. On its at the wife. End of the day. <laughs> not going to be that much different at the end of the day. So um, don't get on the chat bot, Ed, because it might uh, might try to get you divorced. No, might try it's to... not happening. I love living in an icebox. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding me? It's the best. Best life. Ed starts talking to the chat bot. It's just like, I will keep you nice and warm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Are you tired of wearing... 72 a... degrees all day long. Are you tired of wearing two jackets in your in own house? house? My parka? I will pay for your heating bill.